Welcome to Attached, a podcast about the loved ones we're attached to and the good, the bad, and ugly advice about those relationships that maybe we shouldn't be so attached to. We here at Attached want to share ways to enhance your relationships and debunk all of that bad, baddy relationship advice using (laughs) science. 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 (laughs) That was a good one. I'm Dr. Patricia Robertson out of the University of Tennessee. I'm Dr. Jacob Priest from the University of Iowa. I'm Dr. Sarah Woods at UT Southwestern Medical Center in Dallas, Texas. Today we're going to discuss an academic article titled, Variety is the Spice of Late Life. Social Integration and Daily Activity. As always, Jacob will bring us some popping culture, and we will talk about some advice that some wonderful listeners sent in to us. So heads up on the big thank you for that. But before we get to all of that, Glory, uh, how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Um, We have some news about uh, the little baby. (gasps) Yes! Go on! We are going to have... (laughs) A little boy. Ah, oh, yay! Congratulations. Yeah. And yeah, so we just found out two days ago. It was, oh it's like crazy because what they can do on those ultrasounds, like 3D, you can see their face. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that, so amazing. Yeah, That face always kind of creeped me out. That 3D face would always oh. creep me out a little bit. Yeah, and it was like, Aww. it took forever, though, to do like the whole ultrasound because the little guy was like, huddled in there in this weird way with like his hands up and so he was shy the tech was trying to get get him to move around it was really funny were, it, were, were they full-on shaking chelsea's belly <laughs> no oh. not that but she was like pushing the like the little woo 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 thing i don't know what it is and like trying to get the, <laughs> the baby to move. technical term the woo woo thing i love it the woo woo thing yeah Once it does again, make that noise not a not a podcast of medical advice yeah (laughs) (laughs) definitely not definitely not oh congratulations but yeah we're excited yeah we're really excited oh my gosh can't wait for that little man to come into the world i'm so excited i know woods oh me we are uh we've been thick in the homemade valentine's uh zone our class our class charlotte's class i don't go to school there um uh, encourages that Valentine's be homemade and also it's like a you know a fun something we get to do together it was just I didn't look enough at the directions on this kit and they involved like supplies I didn't possess like double-sided tape oh. and like just way too many pe- it was in depth uh, pieces that um, it looked simple on the cover and so uh, we have been making them together so that every time she didn't look I was quick gluing <laughs> little pieces onto these little cat unicorns and little narwhals like Rrr. oh oh it's, that one's done next and um, so we uh, officially finished last night after a week of working on them 24 wow. 24 magical valentines Yay. that these six-year-olds will never look at. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, thanks. Uh, our school makes us not put anything in the to section. It's only in the from section. Sure, yeah. So, so I, they can just oh. stick them in bags. They just stick them in bags. It's Go. It literally yep. means nothing. You just stick them in bags. You, you, yep. you get one. You get one. Everybody yep. gets a valentine. But, I mean, that's a good thing. I'm not making fun of it. It's just fine. Yes, no yeah. Valentine bullying um, in kindergarten. You don't want that. 
It's tough enough to be in kindergarten. You don't want any bullying going on. Is it? Is it tough? I feel like Charlotte's having a sweet time. I feel like I regularly <laughs> want to stay at her school. So I, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, what's going on with you, PR? So I haven't been able to make bread in a really, really long time because my KitchenAid broke. Did I tell you guys this? Oh, no. Oh, that sounds very unfortunate. It is. And <laughs> I like that. But I like that you thought you might have told us. That's how often we are talking about <laughs> food. Did you tell us your KitchenAid broke? Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, sorry. Um, I mean, I can make bread by hand, but uh, pfft, I'm not that level. So my KitchenAid broke. Uh, my husband tried to fix it by buying a new gear and like there was a lot of grease everywhere because you know the gears need grease and it kind of works but whenever it goes it just goes makes this really loud really loud like probably 10 times louder than that so i'm pretty sure it's not like really fixed so then my father-in-law came into town and he also tried to fix the kitchen uh oh, no. <laughs> same same thing is happening so they are both convinced that if given enough time they can fix it which honestly <laughs> I, I believe I believe them but um, that time has not presented itself to my family so I am without a kitchen aid mixer so I um, have not been making any uh, baked goods or food uh, because I'm incapable of doing anything by hand. <laughs> yeah, I've been. My Instagram feed has not been nearly as exciting since your KitchenAid broke. I know, right? It's like, oh. which we didn't we didn't know about, <laughs> but that makes sense. <laughs> Have they tried like just hitting it hard? <laughs> no, like but I will say the sound machine for my my daughter's sound machine was broken and. Um, it was like off in the corner and my husband was like, oh, I just need to tinker around it, do this, that and the other. And I plugged it in and I literally banged it once Whacked. and yeah. it worked. And yep. he was like, what? And I'm like, you're welcome. So you, I, maybe I do need to just throw it on the ground, the KitchenAid. And sure. like, I'm sure it'll definitely yeah, work Yeah, that's probably that. a really good idea. <laughs> anyway, I'm glad you're all doing well and staying warm. You guys ready for some pop and culture? Yeah, we are. Absolutely. First up, popping culture. We learn about relationships from our friends and families, but a lot of what we think about love and relationships and basically just how to interact with each other comes from what we see in pop culture. So for this first segment, we always like to take a moment to highlight events in pop culture that influence people's lives and how we view relationships for the good or for the better. So Jacob, what you got for us this week? So, all of our listeners, your long-awaited Bachelor discussion is oh, here. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so, I need to talk about this because I think it illustrates this point so perfectly. Right. Need is definitely the word. I agree. Go on. Need. So, um, let me give those who aren't watching a little bit of background information. So, this season's Bachelor is named Pete. Everybody refers to him as Pilot Pete oh. because he's a pilot. That makes sense. Uh, he was on Hannah Brown's season and he got his heart broken. And we won't talk about how Hannah has shown up this season and how that's been kind of weird because that could be an important discussion, but we'll save that for another day. Oh but what gosh. I do want to talk about None of those is... words made any sense to me, but I am not tracking. None I'm just of it. paying attention to you none and, of it. and pretending. So here we go. <laughs> Your, yeah, your enthusiasm is contagious, so that's fine. <laughs> so let me let me get to the good okay, part. Okay. So we've talked about triangulation on this show before. The idea that when there is 
uh, conflict between two people, it's easier to bring in a third person. Right. And there's ample research that shows, you know, triangulation, if it occurs between, like, parents and a teenager, if you think about infidelity or cheating as a form of triangulation, that it can be really bad for lots of parties concerned. But there's a different type of triangle that I want to talk about today that is really hard to study. But okay. if you go into a lot of literature, this is where this idea comes from. But you can see it playing out, especially on this season of The Bachelor. And it is known as the drama triangle. Have either is of you ever heard of this? a scientific term? Well, it's a, it's a literary critique term is where it's out of. But <laughs> Getting getting called out yes now i'm here for this pop culture go on yes no so i also love this, that okay? dramatic pause jacob there but <laughs> go on. so i'm just saying that this is more anecdotal but is i think because the difficulty in studying okay this. so in the drama triangle there are three roles okay you have the persecutor the victim and the rescuer okay so in Pete's season, he's still at this point, I won't give away too many spoilers, but he's at this point starting to winnow down the field. But these women have figured something out about Peter. He Peter. loves to be the rescuer. Oh. He wants to save these girls so much. And so what happens oh, is it develops... Are they, all, are they under the age of 18? No. Oh. I'll tell you what I mean by save. Come on. I meant, I meant the use of girls, talking, but yeah, go on. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, that was really bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> these women. These women. So, I'm just oh, glad to know was... that they're all of age. I mean, I was starting to get really worried for Pete here. <laughs> they all refer to themselves. And, oh, yeah, they do. It's no, really it, they, do. they do. They refer to themselves as girls. It's a very problematic cultural thing but I, I was just yes, thank you for pointing that out thank you for calling me out about that it's already my favorite so, pop culture ever so these these women have figured out that pete loves to rescue people so the easiest triangle to play out is to basically get in a fight with somebody yeah. run to pete with hurt feelings and he will give you a rose and so all of oh. these women have figured this out so for example kelsey who's from des moines iowa she was shaping up to be this really big villain, right? She was somebody that people are going to Pete. Oh, Pete, she's persecuting me. She's so mean to me. She's saying all these bad things about that. But she figured out the drama triangle. So she moved herself from this position of being the persecutor into the victim role. And so there's an episode not that just happened last week where she shows up to Peter's house, like where he's staying, totally unannounced. And just says, I just need to tell you how hard it's been for me and what these women are saying about me. And it's so terrible. And what does Peter do? What? He gives her a rose. Right? So there's this other woman named McKenna who sees this going on. McKenna. And right during the rose ceremony, she says, Peter, I need to talk to you. And she goes in and she says, these women are just being so mean to me. So guess who gets the rose? McKenna. 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 So it's right. so... I'm tracking. Nailed I'm it. Tracking. Nailed it, Woods. So you can see this this pattern that I think the women and the producer of the show figured out, that if we can get there to be create these tension between these two women, and then the women can come to Peter, and Peter can rescue them, he's going to like them more and more and more. The issue with the drama triangle is that everybody switches places, Right. 
So during one point in the season, Peter decided to rescue one of these women who was just awful. And they all felt she was awful. And they started turning on him. <gasps> right? They started saying, you're the prosecutor. You're the you're the one that's making this all really bad. It's your fault. Or yeah. And so he the had prosecutor. to then. Yeah, they became the prosecutor. He Pers- became the persecutor? victim. Persecutor? Persecutor, oh, oh, not persecutor. Pers- it was persecutor. They were prosecuting yeah, the case. <laughs> and so he became the victim, and then other women got to rescue him, which he also really liked and felt closer to because of that. Oh. So oh. you can see this play out over and over and over so in this toxic. season. If you want to get a rose, just become a victim, and Peter will rescue and make you feel better. But do you know what's going to happen? What? eventually people Peter's going to become the victim in some respect and people are going to try to rescue him and he's going to learn to resent that and mm-hmm. most likely the person he ends up with is not going to be around long term that's my that's just my guess here right because of this triangle happening over and over again if Peter can't rescue this woman when he's on the outside if he's not always rescuing her if she doesn't have somebody persecuting her then he's just going to lose interest i just feel like predicting they don't make it it's not a very risky prediction <laughs> for the bachelor. I was going to say. Like, yeah. Wow, that's a real It feels like a safe it. bet. <laughs> but if you look for the drama triangle in your own life, you will mm. see it. And I think just in general, it's... recognizing patterns is really, really important. Um, yeah. She just took all the wind out of this <laughs> drama triangle <laughs> sales. <laughs> no. Well, what I, I, I concur, Jacob. I concur. Mm-hmm. Well, can I also tell you the one way Please. that Peter should deal with this? Oh, yes. If they didn't want to have drama, if they really wanted to have healthy relationships, which is not the point of The Bachelor, <laughs> this is what would happen. If a woman came to Peter and said, hey, this person's being mean to her, he would say, well, I think the two of you should work that out because you're both adults yes. and you can both figure that out on yourself. I want my relationship to be with you, not between me, you, and her. But Peter loves being the rescuer. Yeah. And so this just gets amplified over and over and over and tend tell as you'll see, it comes to a head. Or they could have a conversation. Watch the bachelor people. Yeah, that's the take home. But also Peter and whatever uh, person he's talking to could have a conversation perhaps about ways that she could manage that relationship. Like they, they're allowed to talk about it, right? Like have conversation about strategies to help help your partner deal with the situation. But, but yeah, I agree with well, you. Well, in, this, in, a healthy in this instance, yeah, in this instance, there's really no relationship. Right, right exactly. You've, you know, you're one of 14 women Peter's dating, and you may have spent like 30 minutes with him. So being the victim is the easiest way Absolutely. to form, to be vulnerable. Peter loves when people are quote unquote vulnerable with him. Gross. So, so I think that Gross. realistically, if he wanted to tamp down the drama, which they don't want to do on the show... But he could go to them and say, you two need to work this out together. And let me know when you've come to a resolution because I want to build my relationship with you, not my relationship with you through this other person. It reminds me a lot of like the triangles that we see pop up in parenting relationships too. That like um, when a kid (laughs) views a parent that set a boundary as their persecutor and they go to the other parent to look for some rescuing. The, the two parents need to be aligned and on the same page in order to have some of that hierarchy so that the victim can fall on the floor all they want, but they're not getting that dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But I'm just saying, if you want a, a good illustration of each person's role in the drama triangle, check out this season of The Bachelor. 
Absolutely. <laughs> that pause is too long. That pause <laughs> was too long. You were not endorsing it at think all. of like a positive good, thing to say, so I just concur. Good idea. <laughs> Pilot Peter for the win. No, for the loss. Sounds like he really is not doing so good. No, people are getting really sick of this season just because the drama, that pattern just plays out over and over oh, and over and over The Bachelor again. viewers are getting sick of the drama. That feels hard to believe. <laughs> now we're going to move to the academic deep dive segment and discuss a paper titled Variety is the Spice of Late Life, Social Integration and Daily Activity. The authors, Dr. Fingerman, Meng Huo, Dr. Umbersom out of University of Texas, Austin, and Dr. Charles at the University of Michigan, were interested in exploring whether social integration or involvement with a diverse collection of social relationships is associated with several measures of well-being. They specifically focused on older adults. Prior research shows that adults who are 65 years and older and who have more diverse social networks, including close family and friends, acquaintances, and community ties, have better mental and physical health. But it's not exactly clear why this is the case. We know that close family relationships and friendships provide social support that promotes healthier behaviors like going to the doctor regularly and exercising and also protects against stress. But the authors also suggest that weaker or more peripheral relationships may provide alternate kinds of resources and increase the likelihood of daily behaviors that are more diverse, like attending church, reading, doing volunteer work, DIY activities or errands or helping others in the community. And they suggest that di diverse social networks may be more likely to promote physical activity and decreased sedentary behavior due to the greater social involvement, as well as promoting more positive mood and better psychological health. So the question is, was this what they found? Sarah, can you help? Can you enlighten us? What did they find? Tell us more. Oh my gosh, I really hope so. Um, <laughs> also, I, is there a cat near your microphone? It's yeah, like, sorry, I'm trying oh. to move him away. Uh, it's like, like uh, yes, I really hope so. Let's see. So these research these researchers studied participants in the Daily Experiences and Wellbeing Study, which is a collection of adults 65 plus in the Austin, Texas area, who I love so much were recruited using landlines because <laughs> that is the method of connecting with these boomers. I love it. Um, so they did a two-hour in-person interview and then five to six days of intensive data collection that included three weekdays and two weekend days that uh, uses what they refer to as the ecological momentary assessment um, so that every three hours during those five or six days while they were awake, they reported on their social encounters and whether those social interactions were with one of 10 people they said they were closest with, like a spouse or child or sibling or friend, versus another person. And they reported on, every three hours, 14 different sets of behaviors, like self-care, music and puzzles, eating, using the computer, hmm. etc. And then during this time, they also wore what I would... I understood to be like a Fitbit type kind of device okay. that measured physical activity and the um, like the intensity of that physical activity. So already what I like about this is it's not like self-reported, yeah, I was active or no, I wasn't. We're actually going to see if they were active or not yeah. with that Fitbit. That's fantastic. Yes. 
Yeah. It wasn't um, like specifically Fitbit brand. I It was like Act. Activa. It was something I hadn't heard about Activia? before. Activia? That's it was... something different. No, that's, that's a, a yogurt for regularity. Is that right? Is that right? Shout out um, to Jamie Lee Curtis. Act- Always. Actical? Actical? I think that's what it's called. Okay, cool. It's some like watch like, we're just going to call it a Fitbit. Uh, shout out, shout out to Fitbit. Undeservedly so. That's right. Um, didn't sponsor this research, but still going to get credit. Sorry, <laughs> Actical. Sorry, Actical. Um, so then the researchers did um, a type of analysis that looked at these three-hour time blocks nested within the full days, nested within each individual participant, to look at how um, these social interactions reported every three hours and behaviors and activities every three hours Um were connected for participants um, and on average their participants reported contact with um, one to two types of social ties and engaged in about three to four behaviors in any three hour period and they spent half their time being sedentary which at first I was like oh ouch and then I thought yeah that's probably my life too no, so. I sadly probably <laughs> yeah, have more works. than that <laughs> my, my, act, my activia would not be lighting <laughs> up very often <laughs> Um, so what they found was that encounters, interactions that they had with a greater diversity of social ties, uh, meaning uh, more different types of people, including not just close family and friends, but also strangers and acquaintances, in the in three out within a three hour block, was associated with a greater diversity of behaviors, different activities. Um, as well as greater physical activity and a smaller proportion of sedentary time. And they also found that more diversity in who these people were interacting with was associated with more positive mood, though it was not associated with less negative mood. That was not significant. And they found that the greater physical activity and less sedentary behavior was also then associated with better positive mood. Okay. And then they broke it down a little further to look at within these encounters with other people, rather than just looking at the diversity across the board, they looked at the close relationships versus these more peripheral relationships, uh, acquaintances, neighbors, members in the community, strangers. And they found that encounters with both types of relationships were associated with a greater diversity of behaviors and less sedentary time. Um, Though that didn't co-occur with solitary behaviors like um, TV watching or reading or computers, which makes sense, right? That if those are more solitary behaviors, it makes sense that those don't necessarily co-occur for this older population with social interactions you don't have the time for it right it's well it's also like i don't i don't necessarily need to have a friend or a stranger be next to me while i'm reading like that would be you know that that's not the kind of activity social engagement is going to promote for this population um but they found that only peripheral tie interactions were associated with more physical activity and that they really co-occur uh so the more um social the more engagement I have with strangers or acquaintances or these kind of less close ties, it's co-occurring in that same three-hour block with being more physically active. <laughs> my activia starts moving. Um, <laughs> Your activia. <laughs> yes, I don't, I don't think that's hot. Actually, I feel like that's a solo activity too. That's, that's no good. Um, <laughs> but I mean, that makes sense. Only, like we're going to be more active 
when we're with other people out and about doing things. Yeah. Um, and then only the close relationships, encounters with those people were associated with positive mood. Um, what we don't know is if this works the same for younger adults. One right. piece I think is really interesting is that like those solo activities, like video games, computers, etc., cetera, uh, for younger adults could be really tied to social interactions or they right. might define as a social interaction in terms of being... Um, part of social media or they reference like interactive video games um they uh we also don't know how this how broad the network of acquaintances might be for younger people we there's other other research that shows that as people age they tend to trim some of these acquaintances they tend to narrow their social network as they grow older so for younger people it's possible they're they have a more diverse network and maybe even experience some more of these associations. Um, we don't know that, that that physical activity translates into health outcomes either. So this is just a measure of like how much movement they were having. Um, and I also was curious about like mobility limitations. So for people who are 65 and older, uh, some of these activities are going, their range of activities are going to be limited potentially by mobility considerations. Right. Especially if you're getting 65 and older is quite a large range of sure. ages, yeah. right? So if you're thinking 65 to 80 versus 85 and up, those two mm-hmm. groups are going to be probably quite qualitatively different. Yep. Well, and um, it could affect the implications of this project that I'm not necessarily going to promote going out into the world and interacting with all kinds of people including strangers etc for people who physically are not able to do that and for whom like reading or doing crossword puzzles may be the activities that they're able to do I have to be probably a little bit more creative in thinking about how to um, build that social network or to think about how their mobility limitations, restrictions limit their social activity and what that might mean. Um, but I think that it um, the takeaways include that, I mean, it might be beneficial to maintain connections with acquaintances and members of your community and that it, there's some indication that maybe it gets people up and out and busy and might help people to feel happier. Um, and then if I'm thinking about that from a more like systemic network oriented kind of lens, if I'm getting up and out there and we're interacting and that makes you happy, chances are that right that's also going to make me happy because I interacted with you. Right. And so that happiness starts to be contagious and spread across groups of people. Um, but the other takeaway, I think, is they didn't measure interactions as some huge encounter that required like an hour-long conversation during that three hour. I mean, these were like, you could go to your mailbox and say hi to the um, Neighbor? the mail delivery person, right. or you could get gas and interact with somebody who took your credit card, or, I mean, it was not, they didn't, um, they didn't capture how meaningful or how in-depth those activities were. So even the relationships we don't pour all of our energy into might benefit us and also might be able to be leveraged even though they don't take a lot of effort yeah and I'm also thinking potentially the difference between people who are retired and not right I would imagine most of these people are retired Um, and if you're not retired a lot of those social interactions people get on a daily basis is from going to work every day so when you transition Mm -hmm. into being retired 
I would speculate that an effort potentially needs to be made to find those similar social activities where you can interact with people in a meaningful or, you know, uh, a semi-meaningful way. You know, not like, like you were saying, it doesn't have to be an hour-long conversation, but transitioning those times that you were typically interacting with people to what you're going to do in retirement as well. Yeah, and I think this just speaks more and more to <laughs> to this idea that humans are social beings, yes. uh-huh. right? That we need social connection, social interaction, social networks to be happier and healthier. And I think mm-hmm. this is really what they're te- teasing out here is like not these social interactions don't have to be, hey, you know, I'm this 65-year-old guy and I need to go sit down and have a really in-depth discussion with my with my neighbor about uh the the situation going on with my daughter and son-in-law's divorce or whatever right it's more sometimes that can be really useful but also having those connections whereby my cat's purring again and it's not gonna stop (laughs) having those connections that allow us to interact maybe on that what we'd call a more superficial level it's not necessarily bad it allows us to like Go out and do things different. Maybe those that more peripheral social interaction turns into a better friend long term, or leads you to be like, oh, I didn't, you know, nobody in my close circle is into step aerobics, but my neighbor three doors down is, and so now I'm gonna go do step aerobics. You know, you have, like I think these are some specific examples. It <laughs> makes me feel like these have actually been part of how you've lived your life. Jacob has already planned retirement. I, uh, yes, actually, 100%. But yes. it's also, and it's going to involve lots of step aerobics. So, so I live out in the country, and you know, I grew up also in the country. And one thing I love about growing up in the country is whenever you two cars pass each other, you you wave at the car and the other person waves back at you. Or whenever you go and check the mail and a car goes by, you wave at the car passing by and they, they wave back at you. And it sounds very small and very unimportant. But when I lived in big cities or when I lived in bigger cities, that's just not something you do. You don't wave at people as they were walking by or a car that's driving by. And there's there's just something I feel happier when I when I have that little hand wave of someone going by and they wave back, it's just like, and I see you, I, I, I connect with you very, very smally. And it just smally. Cause that's a word. Um, uh, <laughs> and Science. right. Exactly. But there's a feeling that there's a, there's a feeling that you get when you just a simple, su- a very surface level interaction of just waving at your neighbors. And I know that's not exactly what this is saying, but it, kind of reminds me of just those simple very basic interactions you're walking you're moving around the physical activity but also you're connecting with someone in in and around your space and it does make you feel better yeah you know and say what you will about the iowa caucuses because it's kind of a shit show around here right now but (laughs) what was cool what was cool about going to the caucuses is you are seeing neighbors and friends in an environment that you might typically not see them. And it's kind of fun to be able to learn and interact and engage with them in this different way. And it was fun to see some neighbors that I'd never met. They're like, oh, where do you live? Oh, that's cool. So I just feel like um, building a sense of community and connection 
is really important. And often we don't prioritize that as much when we're thinking about where we're going to live. So Sarah, on a scale of one to 10, how much did we extrapolate these findings to, to <laughs> non-importance? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> they didn't They didn't reference the Iowa caucuses in this paper. <laughs> and they, uh, I mean, I don't think, I don't think there's anything, I don't think there's anything wrong with those extrapolations. Um, because I think we're not, we're not saying that it's going to make you like super healthy in the long run, or we're just, we're, we're saying what they're saying in terms of there is some, uh, there's some association between the more socially interactive we are with a wide collection of people the happier we seem to be. Right. Um, and so that seems like a reasonable takeaway. Fantastic. I like it. Woohoo! Boo! Woohoo! Yeah! Finally, time for good or bad advice, where we talk about pervasive relationship advice about friends, families, and romantic partners, and basically just how to interact with each other. Did your parents or grandparents have a saying about love and marriage? Did you have a friend or romantic partner who said something about love and family that maybe you thought was odd or maybe it struck you as poignant? Maybe you heard something about relationship in a movie or TV show that made you just think. This is the section of the show where we talk about all of that advice and based on science, decide if it was good or bad. Boom. If <laughs> was that like a burp at the end there? Ew. <laughs> no, but sure. If you have been on the receiving end of some relationship advice that you'd like us to talk about, send it to us, please. You can leave us a message at 865-229-6775. Email us at attachedpodcast at gmail.com or tweet us at attached podcast or send us a message through our instagram at attached podcast or go to attachedpodcast.com and send us a message listen just get at us here we sound real desperate I know. I really like <laughs> oh wait we'll you just wait you just wait <laughs> while you're at it please like and subscribe to the podcast and share it with your loved ones you know what i was thinking you know sharing a podcast about healthy relationships it might kind of be awkward for people um so We've come up with an example scenario to help our listeners spread this good news, um, you know, just to be helpful, you know. Um, so this is the example. Here we go. Um, Jacob, who do you want to be? I'll be the listener this okay. time. Romantic partner. Whew, those Iowa caucus were all over the news. Listener. I know, Twitter was a dumpster fire, but you know what? I heard that Iowa is nice in the fall. So many festivals and a great music scene. And in the summer, temperatures are moderate. And it's just a hop, skip, and a jump from Chicago. Romantic partner. What are you, a, a walking billboard of the state of Iowa? Are they paying me for this? <laughs> LOL. No, 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 no. I've been listening to this epic <laughs> podcast called Attached. Oh. While most of the stuff you learned is like the science-based knowledge about relationships, they somehow sneak in fun facts about Iowa each episode. Romantic partner. Well, for those fun facts alone, I guess I'll need to check it out. <laughs> High five. Yes. I can't not even sit still. I'm so uncomfortable. <laughs> So that's just an example of maybe how you can like talk to your friends or loved ones about because um, most most people are looking for more fun facts about Iowa. 
Is that, that's it's just a fun, yeah. Well, it's one of many. It's just a fun way that's a little less like maybe anxiety inducing of how to recommend this podcast to people. You know, just talk about Iowa. It's on everybody's mind right now. <laughs> Sarah is just <laughs> staring at us. Cool, cool, cool. So she loves it. Anyway, to the advice. So the first bit of advice was sent through Instagram by Veronica. Thank you, Veronica. Veronica asked us to, to discuss a recent Instagram post from the Be Happy Project that advised what you don't heal in your singleness will spread like a disease in your togetherness. I added some tone to it. I hope you guys liked it. It feels like it has that tone. I'm all on board. Yeah, because I'm going to say bad Ooh, advice. Tell us why. Well, if you just think about the simple fact that uh, growing as a human, like developing, you know, your emotional capabilities doesn't exist in isolation. Right. Right. Maybe, you know, if you're jumping into a relationship to try to solve all of your problems, that's problematic. But we need people to be able to sit with us when we're sad, to be able to help us see and reflect on things we need to. If, if you look from an attachment theory perspective, the research is going to argue that being in a safe, secure relationship can help you feel more secure in yourself and go out and explore your world more. So if you feel like before I get in any relationship, I got to take care of myself and make sure I don't have any problems. Right. Like make sure you have to be perfect before you get into any relationship. Yeah. I feel like that's what it's bordering on. And for me, that just doesn't feel right. So I would say bad advice. Yeah. Ditto, bad advice. It's also setting up a really problematic expectation of like, okay, now I hit this green light, ready, go, that prohibits you from having any like normal human issues right. after that. And also that any issues that would develop after that are a disease you created. You brought right. that virus into the relationship, thus you are to blame. I, I also I also think bad advice. Um I think it I similarly think that it treats well-being within a person as static. Mm. That like there's some kind of go point of I am now fully well top to bottom. I can now proceed with this dyad. Right. Um, and, and also it ignores the fact that there is original stuff that evolves between people. That when I get in a relationship, if stuff goes wrong, it doesn't mean I brought it there. There are original and new dynamics that happen when you get any more than one person in the room together. Absolutely. And kind of echoing what both of you are saying, it kind of communicates that you can't do any self-exploration or identity development when you're in a dyad. Right. It's it's almost like once you're in the diet, that's who you are. That's that's what it is. And hopefully you fixed all your stuff or changed or developed as much as you're going to. Because once you're in that diet, good luck. You're never allowed to change. And and I don't I don't really like that either at all. So bad, bad yep. advice. Bad advice. Advice number two. This is a lyric from a song also found on Instagram. I need to lose you to find me. This dance, it was killing me softly. I need to hate you to love me. Good or bad advice? Oh, that was by Selena Gomez, sorry. Yeah, like the Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber, on again, off again, romantic relationship, right? 
this song is in reference to that relationship, right? Because Justin Bieber recently got married to this person that he was with for like three months and then they had a big ceremony. And Selena Gomez, who was with Justin Bieber on and off, just needed to finally get over it. So she wrote this song in response to this need to get over Justin Bieber, Yikes. right? So the the idea that I needed to lose you to find me and I needed to hate you to love me. Now, I can see how this could feel um, during a breakup really like good advice, right? If I can push you as far away from me as I can, if I can hate you, I'm going to be able to heal and feel better. But I think what we know from research and our clinical experience that emotional cutoff Mm. results in a continuation of emotional ties, right? So if you think about... If you think about the research on, this has mostly looked like estranged family members, right? There's some research out of this from Iowa State that looks at family members who have been cut off. And it we kind of feel like if there's a bad problematic family member, we cut them off. We won't think about them right. anymore. But that's not the case. That emotional tie stays there. And really, you're not over a person when you hate them. You know, and you are actually still strongly connected to that person in so much that you have to write a song about them to try to convince yourself that you are not connected to that person. So for all of those reasons and the fact that I'm way more Team Bieber than I am Selena, not personal-wise, but music-wise, music-wise, I'm way more Team Bieber than Team Selena. I just like Justin Bieber's music more, not talking about his behavior in this relationship or outside of it. I'm going to say bad advice. Patricia, you're regretting you're regretting this level of pop content. Pop culture content. Oh, that was that was a lot more than I could handle. But I mean it was good. It was good. I liked it. No, it was good. It was a good point. Um no no no. I'm fine with it. I'm processing. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. What? I mean I I think we consider this as advice to discuss because it was kind of the flip side of this advice that um, Veronica had shared was that to get into a relationship, you better heal all your stuff. But then if you're in a relationship and it's um, you're not able to heal yourself or you have your own stuff come up for you, you need to get out of that relationship to do it is a little bit how this quote pulled out of this song uh, reads, I think, that um, I, I need to separate from mm-hmm. somebody to be able to work on myself. And there is good research, for example, on emotionally focused couples therapy that suggests that being in couples therapy to work on your relationship dynamics can help to heal some individual issues or issues we think of as more typically individual, like um, depression, for example. Um, and Trauma, so, right. So there, is, there are indications that that wouldn't be necessary. Um, I, I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to counter Jacob's conclusion by saying I'm Team Selena. Um, She's done a really lovely job of um, sharing about her own uh, process of healing her own mental health concerns and does a really lovely, a lot of really lovely work, I think, around sharing her own stuff to reduce stigma around mental health. So music or not. Oh, no. Fight, fight, fight. I'm going to bring some better pop culture content to this conclusion. <laughs> so in a, in, a, in a rare opinion, I... About pop culture? No, no, oh, no. Wait, yeah. uh, just having an opinion. Um, so this makes me think that 
reading this that potentially and I agree with what both of you are saying but in this particular instance it sounds like this was a really unhealthy relationship as if they they were both so enmeshed that she completely lost herself so also being mindful and seeing in a relationship and seeing warning signs and red flags of what might be a really unhealthy relationship before it gets so far to where you completely lose your identity and you lose your sense of self and who you are as a person is also a really good thing to know when to get out of a relationship as well yeah because that's what it sounds like to me is that maybe they just waited too long to end the relationship completely if this is her opinion about relationship what relationships are and and do Mm. to you i mean If, if you know, Selena Gomez, if you're listening and you want to come on the podcast and talk to us, I probably could become Team Selena. And I know that that matters so much to you. So, I mean, the level, the level of confidence. I feel like we're talking about how desperate the uh, scenarios are above. Like, I feel like we saw that level of desperation and Jacob just like (laughs) tripled down. But anyway, I concur, Selena. I concur. Oh, dear. Well, thanks for listening to Attached. (laughs) Remember to call us, email us, tweet us, Instagram us, all of those things. Please contact us about any relationship advice you've received or you're wondering whether to follow or pass on it. We cannot wait to talk about it.